This is USA Takedown. The best guess. All the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA. With your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now, it's time for USA Takedown. Again, everybody, it is USA Takedown, uh, brought to you in part by our friends at Barbarian Apparel, Wild Rose Casinos, uh, Defense Soap. Appreciate those guys so much, and so many of our others. We'll tell you about them throughout the program. Uh, guests on the program today on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline include Wade Chalice, Mike Doty, Kevin Dresser, Damian Hahn, uh, Brandon, and Emmett Fobert. You want to stay tuned for that interview later on in the first hour, okay? It's a very informative but um, it's about 10.20, 10.25, or excuse me, 9.20, 9.25. And we'll start with Brian Smith. But before we go to Brian, I would like to take a moment to let you know that this particular episode of the show is being dedicated to our friend, the late Mark Ryland. He was a titan in our sport, a two-time state champ at Eagle Grove High School and the University of Iowa national title holder as well. He died uh, just two days ago on Wednesday. He was 52 years old, both an icon on and off the mat. And as a prep, he captured state gold for the Eagles, 86, 87, at 145 and 155. A four-time state place winner for Eagle Grove. He earned junior freestyle and Greco-Roman national championships in 87. His legend continued to grow under the great one, Dan Gable. He was a two-time All-American for the Hawkeyes and won that title at 67 pounds in 1991. Why was that important? It helped Iowa secure its 12th ever team crown and start a three-year program run at the top of the national landscape. He went on to Iowa City West before retiring in 2018 to... He spent 19 years as a head coach. During his tenure, he coached 26 state champs, 13 runner-ups, and 84 place winners. I read you his background for a variety of reasons, if only to tell you that this man touched the lives of so many. My thoughts and prayers, our thoughts and prayers, I'm sure, for the whole wrestling community, go out to Marv and Marlis, his parents. Marv has been on this show. And, of course, his lovely wife, Michelle. I can only tell you that the wrestling world was shocked upon hearing the news of his passing, but we will endeavor to continue to tell the story of the sport with him in our hearts. And with that, we go to the very first segment of our show. And thank you for listening. We appreciate that. This portion brought to you in part by our friends at here.com, here.com forward slash Casper. And we are live in the Wild Rose Casino Studios. And this morning we welcome the head coach of the Tigers of Mizzou, our friend Brian Smith. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Doing great, Scott. How are you? Well, you know, anytime, and this is one of those sports where we love to compete. Coach against coach, style against style. It's like Tiger style. You know what I mean? Uh, you put your own brand out there, and then you get blindsided by somebody in our sport. Whether you're close or not, we don't expect it. And when uh, I got the news that he was on his uh, deathbed, as it were, and I got that from Doty. Um, I was just kind of thinking, you know, what a tough cat, what a big brawny dude. And, uh, he was waylaid way early in life. So yeah, I think it's, that's an appropriate question. Um, you know, how am I doing? I think I'm doing okay, but 
definitely missing one of our own. And it's a small family we enjoy, but at the same time, the impact he had is phenomenal. It's like the impact you're having with the Tigers. Right now, Missouri, currently ranked number three in the country, sits perfect in conference uh, competition. Talk to us a little bit about that because the tenor can change in the room when our uh, practices take place. What's it like for you? Well, our practices have been going great. I mean, we got beat by Virginia Tech the other day, and it was a tough loss because we lost two overtime matches and another match where we had opportunities to win, and we lost by a point. So it was a crazy duel, very heated. But uh, the great thing is our guys love to get back in the room and learn and grow, and so it's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable team to coach. I once saw, well, it wasn't once, it was yesterday. I saw a video of... um... Tom Brands getting into a physical argument on the mat against another coach, insert coach's name here. How hard is it to take that kind of behavior, coach? Um, you're one of the most mild-mannered uh, individuals, easy to like, and you want to, you know, the kids want to perform well for you. But did, is there a phone call usually that happens after a dust-up um, with two coaches on the mat? Because it is an intense atmosphere. It's one of the most intense of all sports, but I'm, I only use Tom brands because of the dust up up at, uh, Iowa state, but is it difficult for a coach to maintain composure in that type of instance? Uh, I think it is. It's a very emotional sport. Mm-hmm. So, you, and it's that combat, you know, with the two guys out on the mat and it could be a tough call. It could be a, you know, the, uh, the points, the way it's given, you get emotional. But one of the things I've learned over the years is, that your athletes are going to reflect how you are, you act. Right. And I'm asking them to be composed and how they're going to think through a match and how they're going to perform during a match that if I'm so busy yelling at referees and losing my composure or yelling at other people, I just don't think that's a good thing. So it's, it's just something I've chosen and other coaches are different. So I'm not saying what's right or what's wrong. No, you're it's right. Just what, which way I choose to do it. And, I've been emotional with a ref before many a time, you know, over my career. I'll go back, though, and watch the film, and there's, and you could talk to some refs. I've gone back and apologized. Right. And said, you know what? You actually made the right call. Mike, and I got emotional. Or I'll say I still think it's wrong, and I think you need to take a look at it. <laughs> but, but I'm rational at that point, and they do. And so it's just I, – I just think that's – I think when you lose your composure – in a corner with, and I teach this to my young assistants that if, and not to say whatever example you're using is they were losing their composure, but if you start to lose it over yelling at a ref or yelling at other people or listening to the crowd or whatever it may be, you're not doing your job as a coach. Mm-hmm. You, you need to be focused in on your athlete and making sure they're seeing things and reminding them of things. So it, it's difficult though. It is an emotional sport. And when it becomes a heated battle, and we've had a lot of those. We had one the other day with Virginia Tech. It got crazy, but uh, it's, you know, that's the fun of it, too. I think that is, and the fans, you know, let's face it, it's like going to a car race. What are they hoping for? A guy to go around in a circle for two hours and uh, no accidents? No, they, they, they like the change in pace. And, and I think it's easy to get behind coaches that are classy, kind of, well, like people have gotten behind you. When you went to Mizzou, and I noticed this firsthand, people want to be around you because you're a classy guy. You know how to win. 
Uh, you know how to recruit in a big way. As a matter of fact, one of the guys is your freshman, Noah Certain, and I love this kid. Uh, he started off with a pin. Talk to us a little bit about Noah and recruiting this kid. Well, I got to know Noah because he would come to our camps. Mm-hmm. And he's from Edwardsville, Illinois, and you know, his coach, John Wagner, was bringing him over to camp. And so we, we got to know him when he was younger, and then he, he was really involved in the FCA, and I have a lot of guys, including myself, that are involved in the FCA you with, bet. like, Mark Ellis and Love Mark. My, team do- my team doctor, Dr. Tarbucks and all that. And I think they actually went overseas with him on a trip with FCA and got to know him. So through all that process, he just, you know, got to know about Tiger Style and uh, just loved it, and we loved the kids. So here he is now wrestling for us and doing a great job because last year he got thrown into the conference meet not knowing on, I think the conference started on Friday. Our starting 25-pounder got hurt on Wednesday at practice. And he got thrown in, goes out to the MAC and takes second, and then wins a match or two at the NCAAs and was right in the thick of things. So this year, of course, he gets the year back, and he's having a great year. And the funny thing is he loses his first match to Teske from Northern Iowa, (laughs) and it was a brawl. It was a 4-4 match with about a minute and a half to go, and makes a mistake and gets pinned. And he was upset. And sure. I kind of had some tough words for him off to the side and this and that and how to respond to this and that. And he goes out and then pins an All-American from Virginia Tech. There it and is. That's, that was a good response. And <laughs> so it was fun. It was fun to see a freshman respond in a positive way like that instead of moping and just letting it affect him and go 0-2 that day. Instead, he turned it around, and now he's got himself – you know, starting to have a good season. Oh, I think so. And and it's neat to see the leadership uh, when it comes in early. So it's not just the seniors. Let's say Junior Allen Hart would be one of those guys. He had a hell of, excuse me, heck of a performance. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to swear. I really didn't. Won't be the first time, won't be the last. But anyway, talk to us about Allen Hart because he leads by example. Obviously, he picked up a win, as did freshman Keegan O'Toole and Rocky Elam. Uh, both kids, I love those kids. Um, you know, those are wins that are that are not easy to come by, but, man, they made it look good. Talk to us about Hart, O'Toole, any of them. Well, Hart has just been in the program for a while now, and he, he was not starting early in his career and mm-hmm. then broke through and started a couple of years ago, goes to, you know, had an opportunity to go to Nationals that was taken by COVID, and then last year loses in the All-American round. So here he is. He's just... And he's a guy that, you know, he's that blue-collar kid from Akron, Ohio, you know, wrestled at St. Ed's, but just a hard-nosed, tough kid that every day in the practice room, and he's actually struggling right now. You wouldn't see it by his record, but he's struggling in matches to score and things. And so we've had talks about having fun right, and enjoying it again. And so I know he's going to get out of it just because of the effort. You just see how intense he is in the practice room and wanting to get better, and so he'll do great things. I just know it just because that's in it. it's built into his personality, the way he does things. He's going to have success eventually here. And then you run into like a Rocky and Keegan. Those two, you know, haven't had time off. They went from NCAAs taking third and fifth in the country to then they go and make the world team and then go win the world. <laughs> and here they are just rolling through competition. You know, basically getting all bonus point wins. Yep. I think Rocky 
only won by six or seven the other day, and that's been his closest match where Keegan's bonus pointed every opponent he's wrestled this year. So he just, Keegan's fun to watch. Well, both, all of them are. But Keegan is nonstop attack, attack, you know, reattack. And if you make a mistake off your shots, he's going to cradle you. And that's no secret. And uh, it's just, he's constantly wrestling. And, you know, he's, I was sitting with Ben because it was our alumni weekend, Ben Askren. And Ben coached him since he was a small kid. Okay. And it was just funny to hear Ben say that, man, you, you do work sometimes and you don't always get the results that you want. But in this kid, you, he, he said something to the fact that, man, you just see the, you're reaping the rewards of what the kid is doing and he's going above and beyond what you, the expectations just because he's just figured everything out that he has taught him and he's doing it and he's doing it at, a, at the highest level. So it's fun to watch. You brought up Ben, by the way, Max was on, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, and I love talking to Max. I think you know that. And, uh, yes. we shared some, you know, our personal, uh, uh, stories, uh, his time at Mizzou under your tutelage. But, you know, we talked about, uh, the Askren wrestling Academy and, uh, how that's growing and in, in uh, measured steps. But I can't believe that or I, I got to believe that you're ultimately very proud of those boys because they have grown into tremendous men. They're doing an exceptional job mm-hmm. of coaching youth. And, and I, and it's, there really is no difference in coaching, but you have such an impact on young kids when they first come in. And then especially in the sport of wrestling that I don't, I don't always agree with what some of the youth clubs are doing. And I have to think they're knocking it out of the park because mm-hmm. Like just this past weekend, they brought all their junior high kids down and they, you know, they had a clinic for them. They got to watch the duels. They had fun. And I got a text from Max and, and they're making it where it's not always about competition, but enjoying them, each other and enjoying the sport and getting to see some of the, you know, if you do a good job in this sport, here's what you, what you can become. So they take them to college matches right. and it's just, I just watch the way their kids practice and do things and, you know, their mindset of not always being told what to do, sometimes being told to figure it out. And they do, they get on the mat and play wrestle and try to figure out positions. And that's what makes them special in it. They're creating a, you see it, you know, Wisconsin kids up there that are going to that or just every year I've gone to the state tournament or looked at the results. So, text Ben or Max or Josh up there. Josh Wagner's running one of their academies. I'm like, you guys are just crushing it. Everybody <laughs> placing is from Askren. So they're doing it. You know, it's more than just wrestling, the way they treat those kids and yep. they're teaching those kids and teaching them to have a love and a respect for the sport and how to enjoy it. Mm. So, and that's special. I, I just think they're doing it the right way. There was once a athlete in our sport with the last name of Mako. You may remember him. He's a heavyweight yes. Uh, went at Iowa, and then he made the decision to leave Iowa and go to Oklahoma State. Okay, is Peyton Mako anything like Steve Mako in explosiveness and even temper? Probably not, because Peyton was like (laughs) top of his class in academics. He's another Askren Academy kid. And uh, he's just, he can scramble like there's no tomorrow. And he had the... uh, the kid from Virginia Tech, the national champ, 
he had him on the ropes, lost to him in overtime, and actually had his. They got in a crazy scramble where Lewis had uh, shot in on us, and he somehow uh, went over the top, did almost a split, came out, ended up in a single, had his leg up in the air, place going bonkers, because that would have <laughs> changed the dual meet right there, and uh, ends up losing the match in a crazy, you know, with the rideouts and stuff. But he's a competitor, there's no doubt about it, and he's frustrating to wrestle. Next uh, next Sunday, the nineteenth, and we're running we're running down to the clock. But I want your opinion on this because, from I mean, you're not involved in this event, okay? So I want your opinion based on your knowledge. It's Iowa State versus Purdue in Humboldt, Iowa. Both coaches went to school there. Both earned two time state championships, but they're doing it. It's sold out, fourteen hundred, uh, and uh, they're doing it to raise awesome. money for you know the local kids clubs. And uh, wrestling in that area, of course, that's the home and the birthplace of the great Frank Gotch as well. What are your thoughts on this particular match being off-site? Uh, Iowa State is the home team, but at the same time, it's a Big Ten versus Big 12 uh, dual meet. What are your thoughts? I think that's, you know, in our sport, we're able to do things like that. You know, I've had, we've had a match on a softball field and, and on the uh, stage at Mizzou. So having... We've done matches in high school gyms where we packed it. The mm-hmm. first time we upset Oklahoma State in school history, you know, in wrestling was in a high school gym and it was packed. And so it's, you're allowing, you know, you're, you can bring your show a couple hours away and those people will come that normally couldn't make the drive right. or wouldn't do it. So it's, I think it's growing the sport in a way. And especially with both those guys being from that time, you know, going to school there, it adds that extra. You bet. And the fact that they can give some of the money back for, to a good cause is great for our sport. I think it's a, you know, they're doing something special and I think it'll be a great evening. Well, that's the generosity, isn't it? Isn't it, Brian? That's the generosity of our sport. I truly believe it is. And that's perhaps the very best of us. Two minutes remain. Next topic, Jordan Burroughs out there in Twitter sphere <laughs> stating that, um, you know, really stirring the pot about whether or not kids should be given participation awards, trophies or ribbons, whatever. Uh, let's say they go out there and they get beat eight times out of eight. The kids still get some kind of a participation award. What are your thoughts on participation awards? I, I'm not so much sure about the award, but when I was a high school coach for a couple of years. Yeah, I'll give Florida, you a story. Right? I used I used to have a, a board up in the room in the su- spring and summer of everybody's name, and then all the matches that they would wrestle. So if a kid went one and two or whatever, he would get three X's if he went one and two, and it wouldn't say he won or lost. It would just say, "Hey, you got three matches in this weekend." And throughout the summer, some of those kids would have twenty matches. They might have went ten and ten, but it doesn't show that. Right. It would show that they competed. 20 times the and they were getting better and working and it was showing that they were competing at the sport. So it was something that we would do that just, Hey, we want to get your competitions and want to get practices in that these, this is important to growing and getting better. So we wouldn't give awards for that, but at the end of the year we would recognize, Hey, look at all the matches you got. You're getting better. You're mm-hmm. learning to compete. So I can kind of understand the concept he's saying is that we should still be, you know, we, though it does seem that we, our country focuses only on the gold medal. And then there's other people that are doing great things that are, you know, winning matches and upsetting people, but maybe finishing third or fourth. Right. Or just play, or just 
getting a win or two for the first time in a tournament, and we forget about that. that I've won dual meets with guys that have lost and not gotten, you know, pinned or tech fall. And because of that, we win the duel, and we see that that other people contributed to the win, but that person really stood up and battled one of the toughest people and held them off, and they should be rewarded for that too. I want you to put this down in your book. Remember that I'm saying this, okay? It's November 11th, 2021. This is in closing. This is a big day for Tiger Style Wrestling when you sign both Nate Pulliam and Corbin Shepard. Huge pickups for you guys. I think it's going to pay dividends that we don't even really know, but we can only hope. And you know what? Brian, you and I have been friends for a good number of years, and I've always wished the best for you because you are a truly great individual and an outstanding coach. And that's what makes Tiger Style for me. It starts with you, and man, the teams you've put forward over the years have been nothing short of great. Thank you for the time today, my friend. Happy holidays to you and your fam. And uh, to the best to the best of the team as well, they're doing a great job. And the ranking, well-deserved. Outstanding job on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. appreciate everything you do. No, it's, take care. Believe me, Have a great a holiday. You too, buddy. Thank you so much. All right. All right we're going to take a quick time out. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the WSS Foundation. What is it? It's about the Wiedemann-Steiner Syndrome and the benefits that wrestling has at least exhibited with one young man who is suffering from that syndrome. We'll be back after this. Stay tuned. It's USA Takedown on ESPN. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Two-time world champion Terry Brand said, we use it in our showers and in our room. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. All right, welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown coming here live from our studios in Des Moines, Iowa, downtown Des Moines, where we are expecting some snow today. Maybe some flurries. I don't know. I thought it would have been here by now. But no. <laughs> I don't want snow, but I like snow. Okay? You know what I mean? Anyway, welcome back to the show. This portion brought to you by our friends at the Chow Hall for Wrestlers in Des Moines, Iowa. It's called Mullets. Great breakfast, great food, great service. The owner is a huge wrestling fan. Matter of fact, that's the uh, caterer of choice for Kevin Dresser's wrestling outings. He loves that place, and so do I. And I know you will, too. Check them out. First Street, downtown, by the ballpark. No matter who owns the ballpark or who owns the team, the restaurant is still there. It's Mullet's. Focus, it's a wrestling show. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't get hash browns with my breakfast this morning, and I'm regretting it. All right. So I've come upon this story. It's a life story, and it's a story about wrestlers and one young man in particular. Okay? This is a young man who was born, born with a rare genetic disorder called Wiedemann-Steiner Syndrome. You can find out more information online at wssfoundation.org. Yes, they are living proof that studies can take place and funds need to be raised. And you can go to wssfoundation.org and uh, determine how you can donate and see how you can be a help. Joining us now is the father and son, Brandon and Emmett Fulbert. They're in the Quad Cities area. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning, Scott. How are you doing? Doing well. Hey, Emmett. 
Hi. They tell me you have reached the ripe old age of eight years old. Is this true? Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you have a, a another holiday coming up, Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah, are you excited for that? Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I love that. Now, Emmett, I know I'm going to talk to you and your dad, okay? So uh, let's go back to your dad, Brandon. Brandon, there's a lot of history in these eight short years that really is Emmett's life. Talk to us about it. Yeah, I mean, Emmett is an amazing, amazing eight-year-old, but from birth, we kind of knew something was up. Um, he was born full term, but very small, uh, five pounds, 14 ounces. Wow. And immediately he started having feeding issues. Um, and that led to, to growth delays, you know, just as an, an infant. And that kind of started us on our journey of uh, the medical journey that, that Emma had to go through. Is it, um, is it difficult to diagnose? I mean, you probably sought out many different opinions or not. What? Tell very us what very much like. so, actually. So, Throughout, he was actually diagnosed when he was five. So from birth to five, I, I can't tell you how many specialists and doctors that we saw in between that time that couldn't pinpoint exactly the issues Emmett had. Um, like I said, starting with feeding, so uh, under a year he actually had a feeding tube placed, so he was fed to the tube for almost a year where he didn't eat anything by mouth. Oh, wow. Um, that led to hypotonia, which is low muscle tone. Um, at, at one point around one year of age, a couple of doctors actually told us to, uh, to prepare for him not to live a quote unquote normal life, um, and potentially not eat by mouth, talk, or even walk. Really? And, and, yeah, this, and these are, the doctors have a, a responsibility and sometimes it may seem coarse to many of us. Okay. But they have a responsibility to be as open and honest with parents about the possibilities for their children. And uh, I couldn't do it. I'd be in tears every second. I'd be the crying doctor. That'd be my name, the crying doc. Uh, You know, know, he's proved them wrong. And I think that's the the coolest thing about it. And in terms of the diagnosis, we had multiple genetic tests done before the age of five that showed nothing. Um, That showed because WSS is, it's so hard to find because it's a mutation on the 11th chromosome. Um, and the insurance approval process to get the test done, it took probably six months for us to be approved for this test because it's so expensive. That test eventually led us to the diagnosis of Wiedemann-Steiner syndrome. One of the last words my father said to me prior to his death was, I'm so glad you made it. <laughs> um, when I was born, I couldn't stand up. Wow. Okay, I had to wear specialized braces on my legs from my waist down. And no father wants to see their child go through any kind of pain, discomfort, or be any different than any other kid. Absolutely. And that may be the greatest challenge. But through the sport of wrestling, I believe you found a sense of community. And Emmett, do you love wrestling? Yeah. Why? What, what is it about wrestling you love? I do think it's... Because you get to hang out with other kids? You said you like to pin kids. Oh, you like to pin kids. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> I think I'm a little bit too big to pin kids anymore, but I like that attitude. Uh, how how many? How long have you been wrestling, Emmett? Three years. Three years. 
So what have you learned in three years? Have you learned that your opponent is not necessarily an enemy, but he's just your opponent on the mat, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How is it? Do you like doctors? No. No? What about nurses? I got to believe you love nurses. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're your helpers, right? Yeah. <laughs> I believe that um, Fred Rogers used to say, in times of trouble and strife, you run toward the helpers. Absolutely. Okay. And, and for you, Dad, you were seeking out those that could help you, and you saw the new genetics doc at the University of Iowa when Emmett was five. Sure, it's very expensive, but at least they had some answers for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in the, one of the biggest things I want to get across, too, is there is other parents who have children who are going through everything. Um, as the parents, we are the biggest advocate mm-hmm. for them. And if, if it wasn't for my wife and the, the amount of work that she put in and researching everything, I don't know if we would have gotten to the point where Emmett is now. Um, I mean, we've she's gone above and beyond getting him the, the best help, um, I mean, medically that we can get. And if we wouldn't have kept pushing and kept pushing doctors specifically, I don't know if we would have gotten to the point where we got his diagnosis. Mm. And I'm a, pardon me, I'm a huge fan of the University of Iowa hospitals. They saved my life. They taught me how to talk again. I know many of you are going, now we know who to blame. Uh, but uh, the University of Iowa hospitals took care of me for three weeks wow. in, a, in a time of great distress. And uh, it was an amazing experience. I didn't realize. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're very happy that we were able to to finally come to the conclusion of the why and it was going through everything leading up to that point. Now this, um, it didn't necessarily give us like a treatment plan or anything because there there is no treatment plan for Wiedemann Steiner syndrome, but it gave us an answer to everything that he was going through and then a better roadmap of what we can expect here in the future. The spectrum of the disorder is wide. Now, I've done some research on this and prepping for our conversation today. So with some yes. children may never walk, talk, or able to function on their own. Fortunately, we've come, you've come as a family, uh, to see that Emmett is on the higher functioning end of the disorder. So there are there is a blessing there, but the fight is still raging, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there, there is a wide spectrum. Um, you, you can't, you know, there isn't, they say there isn't two kids the same kind of, same with Wiedemann-Steiner syndrome. Um, like you said, there's some kids who are, are, are more affected than what Emmett is. Um, it is a blessing that, you know, he is definitely on the higher functioning side of things. Now, for the, the future and things to come, you know, that's still kind of sight to be seen. Right. Um, because it is so new, there's very few adults who have been diagnosed with it. So there's, there's still a lot of unknown of mm-hmm. what's to come. Well, I think that's the same thing that happened with autistic kids and and even autistic adults is that they were perhaps misdiagnosed early uh clarification later uh and then you know that has just blown up where it used to be one in a hundred thousand you know had an autistic uh experience um or or um uh medical opinion so my my thought is this, that as we grow, as Emmett grows, perhaps that research will begin to pay off in spades and in terms of, well, let's face it, through the sport of wrestling, uh, an autistic child goes out, he plays, he wrestles, and he is exhausting his body. 
at the end of a at the end of a day, if he's wrestled two or three matches, for example, they will be better able to communicate. They are less nervous. They are less wound up like a a, a rubber band. How does wrestling affect Emmett? I mean, Emmett, it's given him such a sense of self confidence that he hadn't had before, um, because he is different. And and we didn't really touch on this, but he couldn't really talk until he was four. And at that time, he was still only saying one or two words. So for him to make friends even in preschool, it, it was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, in the wrestling room, though, when he got in there, he, he was included immediately. He was rallied around. Mm-hmm. Um, he made friends there where out, outside of the wrestling room, he, you know, he struggled to make friends. Um, as he's gotten older now, I think that self-confidence that he's gotten from making friends in the wrestling room, it has transferred over into school right. where he, he is able to make friends, you know, outside of the room now. The wrestling club, Young Guns, is important. Emmett, do you like the coaches at Young Guns? Yeah. Why? What is it about those coaches? Because, is it because they love you? Yeah. 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 They guide you and encourage you. You know, and, and listen, I'm a little slow when it comes to going to the gym or participating in gym activities. Many of us are, okay? But you seem to be absolutely blossoming because of that physical work. Do you like it? Yeah. I know that. I love it. <laughs> okay. So down the road, we really don't know what to expect. And uh, Emma, do you know how much you weigh right now? 42. 42 pounds? You're huge. Yeah, second grade, 42. So there are some tournaments where it gets difficult to find kids to match up with them. Well, with big size. Even what's great is the wrestling community will usually try to figure it out to make sure he is included. And I, for one, am grateful for our community. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. It's been a, it's been a true blessing in our life. I never wrestled growing up, so. This was completely new to me when my older son started and getting Emmett involved in the sport. I mean, it's completely changed us. It's completely changed him. And we're really excited for the future. Mm. Now at home, Emmett, do you have a wrestling room at home? Yeah, you do. Do, Did you and your brother, do they, do do you guys work out there? Yeah. How many other kids are in your family between you and your, um, your older brother? Two. There's there's a total of two or a total of four? We have a total of three. So he has an older brother, Benjamin, <laughs> and then he has a baby brother named Callan. Okay. Any indication that they are on the spectrum at all? Nothing. Um, that no, amazing. that's what that makes this so interesting is the the syndrome itself is it's described as de novo, which means that it, it, it's at conception, mm-hmm. and there's no genetic side on my wife or my side that caused it it's just something that literally happens when emmett became emmett and and that's what we have to deal with i love the name by the way no thank you i think it's not brandon i'm talking about emmett okay i just want to be clear on that let's go brandon (laughs) anyway (laughs) yeah thank god i own the show otherwise i'd be fired for having an opinion all right um, so let's talk a little bit about what the the year looks like. Emmett, do you look forward to uh, Christmas break? Yeah. What is it you want for Christmas more than anything in the whole wide world? A baby alive. A, a what? A baby alive doll. 
A baby alive? I don't know. What did you care? Do you know about this baby alive? Yeah, I, I'm not them. clear on it, but they had them when <laughs> I was a kid. Is that right? Yeah. All right. So my challenge to you, Kira, is find it. We'll get it and ship it to Emmett. What do you think for Christmas? Yeah, we you, can do that. Can you can you help me with that? I can try. Okay, but we got to wrap it. Emmett, do you love opening up presents? Yeah. Okay. Well, Dad, I'm, I'm going to want you to communicate with us uh, and, and all that because we're going to find it. We're going to get it to you for Christmas. How about that? Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> his his uh attitude is crazy infectious i love it's, that he's so positive. it really is it really is and he uh any, anyone that comes across him if you don't know him once you know him you love him i mean it's anyone that met him will, will, will tell you the same mm. well next time you are in des moines on a friday i'd like to invite both of you in the studio to be on the show as guest hosts would you like to do that emmett yeah, but you'll have to ask some pretty tough questions of America's greatest coaches and wrestlers. Are you ready to do that? Yes. Yes, you can become one of our advisory board members. <laughs> By the way, there was uh, a, a recent uh, light at, at the end of the tunnel, as it were, albeit brief. Uh, the first grant has been awarded by the WSSFoundation.org. Uh, and the, the, the grant amount was $200,000, um, awarded to Dr. Hans Bjornsson at the university yeah, of Iceland. That's huge. Yeah. And that's, those are much needed first steps for a foundation in their research and determination that they know that they can make a difference. And we certainly wish, surely wish Dr. Hans Bjornsson of the university of Iceland, all the success in the world in his search and research. Uh, okay, so if if there, by the way, again, make sure you text me after we get off the air. I want to make sure I talk to you a little bit later in the day so we can get this thing squared away. But um, I want you to think about coming back on at least once a year for an update on Emmett, okay? Yeah, absolutely. We would love that. And it's not about wins or losses. It's, it truly isn't. It's about being a participant in a sport where we are all equal. In our love of the sport, some of us are better physically and able to compete uh, at a different level. But you know what? I was always one of those guys that wasn't able to compete at the highest level. I never applied myself, but I have a feeling deep in my heart that Emmett has it in him to climb to the top of the box. I truly believe that. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. I mean, Emmett is the, the living proof, you know, the saying that anyone can wrestle. Um, I mean, Emmett, Emmett lives that every day. He's the only wrestler in the entire world that I know of that has been diagnosed with Wiedemann-Steiner syndrome. That's a very right. unique, that's a very unique uh, individual uh, and, and, quite frankly, very cool to me. I love that. I appreciate yeah, you guys joining us today. He something in the world that's pretty significant, mm -hmm. so that is pretty neat. Yeah, it's very unique and very significant, I think. Brandon, thank you. Emmett, thank you so much for joining us before Christmas and uh, keep your eyes open. Something may be coming in the mail for you, okay? Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. We, we really appreciate the exposure and getting more information out on Wiedemann-Steiner syndrome. Hey, we love you guys, okay? And uh, anything we can do to help and create that, that uh, conversation about your experiences, uh, it's our pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Emmett. Welcome. I don't know why I feel like I have to yell when I'm talking to Emmett. 
<laughs> we wish you guys yes. the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. There we go. There goes Brandon and Emmett Fobert, Quad Cities. And we were talking about the Wiedemann Stein. Uh, I got to say it right. Okay. It's the Wiedemann. There it is. Wiedemann Steiner syndrome. I want to make sure I get it right because too many times we, we only tell partial stories in conversation, but I think it's important to know that wrestling is continuing to serve all of us and we get the benefit. Thank you for listening to that. Appreciate that. Damian Hans coming up next in the segment in the hour, I should say next segment. And uh, you've been listening to Brandon and Emmett Fobert. This is USA wrestling brought to you in part by our friends at defense soap. Back after this short timeout, 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this. All right, welcome back to the show. We are playing the music of both Journey and the Eagles today as we take a look back at the 70s and 80s. And uh, tell you what, we're having a good time and a ball. Absolute ball. We just finished a great conversation, I think, of Brandon and Emmett Fobert and uh, the Wiedemann Steiner Syndrome Foundation, all that's going on and all the good things in life. We love celebrating life and how wrestling can be a home for every single one of you. Thank you. All right, uh, coming up next, our interview with um, our friend. He's been a friend of mine for a while, but I loved watching him compete at the University of Minnesota. I loved watching him coach at Cornell. Even better, dude can flat out recruit. He's Damian Hahn. He joins us now. Good morning, Damian. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Really good. Thank you. I appreciate you asking. Um, South Dakota State Jacks just recently got a $5 million matching gift uh, to help with completion of the arena. That is probably sending some kind of a wave through the athletic department. You guys are doing some good stuff there. Talk to us about that. We're, we're, uh, we got some things going, to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, from, from the wrestling facility that we that we're you know we broke ground on uh, that's a five million dollar facility wow. wrestling only and it's going to house all of our needs for all our student athletes you know the wrestlers in particular and then we are renovating our competition arena mm. and that's a 50 million dollar project and i mean it's it's getting renamed the first bank and trust arena right. they put up what um, uh, 20, oh, just over twenty million dollars, and then we've had other uh, other donors coming in, and we just got this next matching gift at five million dollars, and so there's a lot going on here at South Dakota State, and it's pretty exciting, you know. I mean, it's going to be our not only from uh, campus wide, but when you talk specifically about athletics, mm-hmm. the facilities, the personnel, I mean. They're premier. They truly are premier. And we have a department of administrators, our athletic department, you know, AD, associate ADs that are doing amazing things with the people in this community, the people in the state, and within the athletics programs. Yeah. And everybody's benefiting. The community benefits in a big way. I've been to lunch. Absolutely. I've been to lunch up there and dinner up there. 
a couple select restaurants. I won't name them because uh, I don't want them to be overrun, so I can't get a seat. <laughs> but I got to tell you, the community is a beneficiary of a strong uh, a university, and truly, the Jacks through athletics in one way through athletics yeah. is just excelling. You just signed uh, a young man named Graf. Talk to us about that. That's an important signing. Yeah, uh, he was the, um, <clears throat> the multiple-time state champ. You know, he's going into his senior year, and, uh, you know, they put out the rankings, and they have him ranked as the best best um, high school wrestler in the state. Yeah. Uh, he's from he's from West River out in Rapid City, and uh, we want to keep our best kids home. And he is a great individual. Um, obviously, we've seen what he can do on the mat, but mm-hmm. just as a person, he comes from a great family. And, you know, we want those types of kids. He's a good student. We want those types of kids here within our program. And to keep our best at home is extremely important uh, when we're trying to not only build the relationships, we're trying to build our culture, uh, but it, it's, uh, it's super important. On Twitter, you can follow this program, Go Jacks Wrestle. So at Go Jacks Wrestle on Twitter. Uh, oh, yeah. When that announcement came out about Logan signing with you guys, and it's a strong signing because, it, and, and you said it's important to keep those kids in state. It truly is. So yeah. my question to follow up that then, are you guys recruiting heavy of the scoopers in South Dakota? So, uh, you know, we can't, we, we can't disclose some of that. Right. But, right. Um, I, gotta believe yeah, you are, though. I mean, uh, we do, we do go after our best in You're the right. state. Um, now can, 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 can we get them all? No. no. Uh, and, and, and there, there are some situations where we, um, we have depth at a certain weight class and, and that doesn't mean we're not going to recruit the kids, but they might look at our situation and say, you know what? It wouldn't be one, two, three. Heck, I might not ever get a chance to step in the lineup and they might go somewhere else. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough because, you know, we want to keep those kids, but also, you know, I understand too, you know, and so, but yeah, we are, we are looking at, you know, South Dakota, South Dakota kids and, um, you know, the kids in our region very, very heavily because, um, they know, they know about South Dakota. They know, they know the, the area, what, what to expect. Um, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, this isn't, this isn't, um, palm trees and sunshine, you know, all, all, all year long, uh, you know, some of the best wrestling comes in, in a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say harsher environments, but right. you know, we have our, we have our seasons. It, it gets cold. We get snow and, uh, you know, we like those types of people, you know, they're, 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 they're uh, they're tough. And, uh, so it's good. Says the coach that went to school at the university of Minnesota, where it's okay to plug your car in when you get home, plug it in. Keep that yeah. those block heaters going. I love that. I remember yeah, my first trip in. up there. You got a there. There are parking places on the street you could plug your car in. <laughs> just, yeah, I, it just amazed me. I'm thinking, what the heck are these people doing? Anyway, it makes sense. It gets kind of <laughs> cold. Um, so I want to finish with the scoopers for a minute. It's kind of unique to see a school that is literally built around a wrestling facility. 
and the scoopers do that just just that and with with support from the the national guard across the street you know so much goes on there but i remember that first walk through that school and the trophies and the accumulated awards uh that were on display this is a a program that is highly um indicative of everything that that south dakota state loves in other words they love hard-working people they like mm-hmm. the sport that is hard-working and that is wrestling to a t matter of fact uh, one of your own was named big 12 wrestler of the week and i'm talking about carlson talk to us about this young man so you know, what's there not to say about him <laughs> i mean you know he is a phenomenal young man i he he we we recruited him out of uh, Minnesota, <clears throat> and it, it's it's kind of a uh, I don't want to say ironic or or silver lining, but uh, he he was literally this staff he was literally our first recruit, and he was our first All American, and um, he 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 wasn't a big time recruit coming out of high school. I think he, he won one state title, and. He comes from a, a, a dairy farm, uh, and we were able to get him here to South Dakota State. He's a, he's a, a dairy science major, and I'm sorry, animal science major and pre-vet. Now, those are two two tough programs, yep. and, and and he holds a 3.97 GPA. Uh, so oh, last boy. year, he got the Big 12 Scholar Athlete of the Year. Um, you know, so you talk about just a well-rounded, you know, student athlete, and right. that is him. And he's a dairy farmer. Those, you know, <laughs> those, those, those cows, uh, they got to get milked, and, and he's up early. So, uh, you know, he 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 he's a worker, nonstop. Uh, he listens. He's a sponge, and you know, just a a good person to be around. And so we get him here to South Dakota State, and. Um, if you want to say a little bit of you know raw talent, yeah, maybe, and 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 you know him being a sponge just kind of just took to what what we were trying to implement, you know, you know the 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 our vision of what this program can be, and he just kind of ran with it, and so you know the hard work, the dedication, I mean, all those things uh, just go into him, and um, you know he has really been able to. Uh, uh, kind of open people's eyes right. of uh, of one his talent, one you know the effort that he puts into his style of wrestling, and uh, it's been great. It really has, and so I mean I couldn't be more excited for him just because of he is your quintessential all American type kid. I mean, literally, he, the way he lives his life, the way he goes about his academics, right. the way he prepares for, you know, competition, the way he trains. I mean, just everything in his life, I mean, there is such a high standard. And it's not a standard of pressure or a standard of, you know, this is what I, uh, you know, the, the, the lofty goals. This is a standard of living for him. Yeah. And it is A-plus at the top, and he does not... He does not take a shortcut. I mean, there's no sacrifice to get to where he wants to go. Has Brock Lesnar made an appearance at a Jacks meet? No, he hasn't. Uh, you know, he, he, even though he, he Webster, South Dakota boy, um, you know, he, he's he's a gopher, man. He, he he's a gopher, and, and he's gone he's gone over into Minnesota, and, and he's 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 you know made his appearances there uh but no he hasn't he hasn't come he hasn't come to he's a your buddy yet. dude he's your uh, yeah. buddy come on yeah let's no, let's I, give him a call today you. give him a call yeah, so Brock, what's up? 
I'm going to have to, you know, <laughs> give him a holler here. Put the hammer down on him. Say we need a $5 million matching grant. He'll draw that, <laughs> he'll draw that out of the uh, the WWE coffers. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, heck, just lift up his pillow, you know. I mean, just... <laughs> Yeah, I, here you go, man. I lifted with him on one particular event here in Des Moines. I invited him to go to my gym, and uh, I only realized then how absolutely large he is. He's and, massive. Oh, just absolutely massive. I I would be afraid as a coach to want to get in there and show him anything because his hands mm-hmm. are huge. He's raw-boned. He's a big boy. And now he's got this little, what do you call it, when they put the rubber band up here and this little flop of hair on the top. Kira, what is that I called? I have no- no, I'm, I, I, come on, Carrie. You got to know this. It's a hair thing. I don't know. Uh, like a you man. You see how long my don't hair ask is? Me. Maybe a man bun. I don't know. But <laughs> a man you know Brock, yeah, that might be it. That, uh, Brock, <laughs> Brock, right now looks so good. Uh, you know, he's getting a little bit pudgy. Took a little time off. His back looks awesome and scary. Uh, if, yeah. if you can even think about. But I remember the first time I met him. He came up to meet me at the University of Minnesota after a competition and gave me hand delivered to me one of those, uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, uh, Gopher, um, bobbleheads. Yeah. And I just, I'll never forget that. And he's been on the show many times over the years, but I just think, um, he needs to come visit the, the site of the new first bank arena. How about that? Okay. Yeah. That'd yeah, be a hey, first match. There would be great to have him be the special guest. I'm just saying coach, Hey, I I agree, man. I agree. I'm going to have to track him down. I want to go back Uh, to Carlson's win in Las Vegas. He won that 141-pound title in a very stacked weight class, and the expectations going into it were high. But upon achieving that victory and the win and the title, what was it like for him? In other words, describe his demeanor after the victory. So, and 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 I, I've I've talked to numerous people about this, and he he was the number one seed going into the tournament. Mm-hmm. And if you look at any publication out there, you know uh, any podcast that people have done, any articles, <clears throat> you would have thought he was unseated and won the damn tournament. Um, <laughs> you, you know, uh, because everybody they were so focused on Alirez, <clears throat> who's a stud in his own right. Right. Um, but he's you know he's down a weight class and he wasn't an All American last year, but he's still a stud. And then you know you talk about Chad Red and and you know he you know how many he's a four time All American, and so uh, that was the big talk about the weight class. And <clears throat> um, but 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 Carlson was the number one seed, and Chad Red and and Alirez were two and three. And so, if you look at it that way, he was supposed to win the tournament. That's right. Um, but nobody saw it that way. And and Clay, he, he he's funny. I mean, I mean, literally, he just goes about his business. <laughs> Nothing affects him on the outside. Uh, literally, he just he, he listens, he watches, he takes it all in. But he has got a laser focus on what he is, what he wants to do. So, <clears throat> literally after the match, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a barn burner. I mean, he was down six three going into the third period. Um, but if you watch the the entirety of the match, you can kind of see um, his pace or uh, you know, what he was doing was starting to take effect. Yeah. 
and you know Aliris, you know, was starting to play the edge a little bit more. He uh, took a little bit more time to get back to the center. Uh, you know, it wasn't trying to mat return him when you know, you know, as much when we were down. You know, start start of the third period, and so you started to see the 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 the, the motion start. You know, going into our favor, mm-hmm. and that kind of. I don't want to say that was the entire plan. I mean, the entire plan was don't get taken down in the first period, and he gave up two takedowns, or you know, he gave up. I think it was a, a one takedown and an escape. Right. So, uh, so it didn't necessarily go entirely our way, but he did not. He stayed the course, and he did not waver. He didn't. He, you know, he kept a level head, and he kept you know the plan going forward. So he picks up the win. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, you get you get a takedown in the third period, and you come away with the pin yeah you're you're excited about it and when you come on over to the corner i mean it didn't matter if if you if um you know he won that match or it was you know 30 minutes before the match he's got a smile on his face <laughs> all the time i mean he's a happy kid yep. and you see you see that big bright smile he comes over you know i slap his hand and i and i'm just excited for him and all you know nothing has changed for him because in his mind this is all what's supposed to happen but this is the kid that is a uh, a banner he's a, he's that banner for the program that this is yeah. who we're looking for we're looking for kids just like this self-motivated yep. and and uh, and perhaps uh if you fans haven't got your tickets yet the uni open is taking place tomorrow it starts at 9 a.m and uh, yep. uh the jacks are going to be there and then if you miss that date, December eighteenth at Nebraska, uh, the Jacks yep. on on. And by the way, I think you're probably going to see Chad Red there, right? Yeah, that'll be. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see Chad Red there. Um, I mean, that's the that's that's the plan. That's I mean, plan. that's who um, Clay is. I mean, he's excited for it. And, <laughs> and that's the other thing. I mean, you see some of these. I mean, it, it, it's like this in sports. You know, it doesn't matter just wrestling across the country. Mm-hmm. You see people kind of not rest, not wrestling people, not playing people. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, I would never question a coach or a organization of why they do what they do. Um, Clay literally is looking forward to every single tough competition that he has to wrestle. It's it. another challenge to him. I mean, we went to Vegas and I, and I put out a newsletter and, and we had almost our entire team, had some sort of bug and wow. um you know guys were you know run down they were coughing up a storm i mean they couldn't breathe thank god none of them had covid because right. they all got tested uh <clears throat> but they were hurting yeah. and literally i i, I went to clay because i mean he, he's barely breathing and i'm like man clay you know I, me being in the position I am, you know, I don't know if, if, if you should go out there and compete this weekend. And this was a couple of days beforehand. Yeah. And, uh, he looks at me and goes, coach, Oh, I'm wrestling. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's why I love you. And that, because- and on that note, we've got to take a break at the top of the hour ESPN, but I will tell you, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. I can only wish for you and your staff. And of course, the athletes, the Jacks, all the success in the world, Coach. I'm a big fan of yours, and I think you know that. Thank you. Happy holidays, bud. Yeah, you as well. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon, okay? And best of luck at the UNI Open. I hope to see you there. All right, man. I'll see you soon. There we go. One of the best. Damian Hahn, you just don't get – 
I mean, when the Jacks, uh, Chris Bono said, hey, I'm going to Wisconsin, the Jacks went far and wide, but they centered on a guy, Damian Hahn. Anybody would be lucky to have him. Well, they got him. What a great coach. What a great and inspirational coach for our sport. Gonna take a quick time out on the other side. Dresser, Doty, Chalice, what? Yeah, we got a bunch of conversation take place in the next hour. You're listening to USA Takedown. It's where the legends live. Jones and Casper, more after this. Top of the hour, we'll be back on ESPN Radio. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short timeout. All right, welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown on the ESPN Radio Network. And here we go right now. By the way, our studios in Des Moines now, 1350 ESPN AM, and then 102.1 FM. And also online at usatakedown.com. Kira puts shows up right after we're done. And uh, you can listen to them over and over again. So many of you do, and we appreciate that. Uh, this hour, Wade Chalice, we're going to talk about what's going on at the PIAA in the state of Pennsylvania. Mike Doty will join us as a look back at 72-472 in, in the Gable celebration uh, that went so perfectly. Plus, we'll get a medical update on the great one himself, having had a hip replacement. But we start the hour, and appropriately so. It's always going to be a big name to start the hour. And Kevin Dresser, there is no bigger name than Kevin Dresser, surely not just in the state of Iowa. I'm talking coast-to-coast, border-to-border. The Cyclones hosted the Hawkeyes. There's a bit of a dust-up at the end of that. A lot of fireworks, as you might guess. Uh, some you could have predicted without any problem that there was going to be a dust-up. But up next is the UNI Open. As uh, all eyes are turning to the UNI Open, uh, we just got out the phone with Damien Hahn. Hahn's going there with the Jacks. Well, the Cyclones will be there as well here to talk about that and more is the head coach of the Cyclones, Kevin Dresser. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Good morning, Scott. Good. Thank you. Are you super? I mean, I'm super excited that we're in season, all right? I mean, this for us, this is mana from heaven. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to get, you know, we've had a couple weekends that seemed normal, and we all took normal for granted. And last year was, was not normal. There was no fans. And so it was good to see a big crowd at Hilton on Sunday and, Sure, we'll see a lot of big crowds going forward. We got to see uh, 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 Jim Gibbons get his haircut by our longtime co-host, uh, <laughs> who's you've been in his van before, I do believe. But Gibbons doesn't have that much hair left to cut, so it was probably one of those discount versions of a haircut by Zach Bogle. But um, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that uh, picture. So yeah, I'm glad those two hooked up. There was probably some good conversation in that haircut i was worried though i i walked into my after show to get my my chili and sitting at the table was jim gibbons and royce alger one has to worry <laughs> yeah that's another conversation so anytime royce is in a conversation it, it's going to be lighthearted and oh yeah and if fun. he doesn't sing i'm always surprised if he doesn't sing but anyway back to business here we go um, we're on the eve of the UNI Open, but also on the eve of a very unique event, and I was pleased to be asked to announce it. Uh, we'll be talking to each other, I'm sure, this week about the event and your expectations of me, but 
Humboldt and Humboldt County uh, will be the recipient of some of the very best athletes, best coaches uh, on display in Humboldt at the gym. Talk to us about this event because it's something you guys have been working on for a while now. Right. Um, Coach Ursuline at Purdue and um, and the humble people have been talking about getting something gone and he getting something going and he reached out to me. Oh gosh, it's been a year and a half ago, uh, maybe even longer about trying to get something together. And so we obviously got a date and something together last December. And obviously because of COVID, we lost that, but here we are. And, you know, we're a week and a day away from Purdue coming to Humboldt high school and it's sold out times 10. And so flow is going to cover it. So I'm sure we'll have uh, a lot of viewership and it's exciting. They've got a good team. Um, I think, you know, when we set this up, we, we didn't know where we were, were going to be rankings wise, obviously, but now I think you got two teams in the top 15 and right. um, so it'll be some good, uh, good competitive matches. They've got a really well-balanced team with a lot of nationally ranked guys and we're kind of getting that way now. So uh, I'm really excited to see how that turns out. I am too. It's a very unique opportunity for coaches to return home and benefit the wrestling community that which fostered their arrival and you know their their success in the sport um i don't know if you were thinking about coaching back when you were wrestling at humboldt uh achieving your championships in state but was that a thought that you might want to coach i don't know if i really had any coaching aspirations until i really kind of put competing to bed and then and then i think when you're really focused competitor you don't think much past that um at least I didn't. I was like, I was always, what's the next match? What's the next competition? That's just the way that I, uh, I compartmentalize things. And then, you know, you get done and you decide, okay, you know, I think it was 1988 and, you know, do you hang on for me? It was to, did I hang on until 1992 or do you go out and get a real job? And then I went out and got a real job. and got a coaching opportunity out in Virginia at the high school level and, and fell in love with it really quick. Um, and it became my passion then. And here I am years and years later still doing it. So it, it's been a fun, been a great fun career. And, and to get back to Humboldt, get back, you know, when the, when the Iowa State job opened up and I had an opportunity to come back, it was obviously really hard to say no to. And, and a lot of it had to do with coming home. And, um, and then the humble people have been unbelievable in terms of helping us raise money, just right. in terms of support season tickets so we thought what the heck let's let's reward this community and, and i know they're excited about it well you were the recipient of an award as well by younger right i mean if you think about the competition that took place he upset third ranked jacob warner four three in the final moments of the match and if you blink it's the final moments of the match many times that's what counts that's that last ditch effort that's that last burst of energy Talk about him because he absolutely, I think, had an outstanding match, perhaps one that he'll remember the balance of his life. I'm sure he'll remember that. You know, a kid coming over from Cuba, he's been over here a little over a year, less than a year and a month, and uh, to, to see what he's overcome just from a language barrier, yeah. from a cultural barrier, from a, uh, you know, his academic curriculum is looks different than a lot of our kids because he had to come into a special English program that was super intensive to stay on uh, his progress towards degree that the NCA requires. And then just to try to learn the rules and, um, and the style differences between folk style and freestyle is, is much more than people realized. And, uh, and so he had to overcome a lot of those. So 
it was nice that he got paid out a little bit uh, for all of his hard work uh, this past Sunday night. And, you know, the funny thing about his weight is, uh, arguably, of course, but it might be the toughest weight in the NCAA this year. 197 is just flat loaded. I mean, it is loaded. And so he's going to have, you know, his Purdue guy's a top 10 guy. I mean, it seems like everybody at 197 is top 10, even though everybody can't be top 10, but that's the level of depth there. So he's going to have some big wins. I think obviously we already saw one, but he's going to have some tough ones. You know, there's still some things that he's got to figure out. I mean, he, he obviously didn't even know the daggone rule about throwing your headgear Sunday. So you know, there's <laughs> rules out there, that, situations that we've been in that we thought we'd had covered and we have, you know, we're still going into new territory in every match. So we watch a lot of video of his matches and break down everything. And when we broke down the video this past week, it was, you can't throw your headgear when you win. I, I watched, uh, I think it was Steve Mako at Iowa state uh, and at the time he was with Oklahoma state as a heavyweight. And he threw his headgear into the stands. Some fan was just razzing him to no end. And then he tried to climb up into the stands to go after this guy. Needless to say, Coach Smith wasn't happy. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think we'll have to worry about that younger. He's a pretty, he's a guy that uh, is, uh, obviously that was super celebratory. Yeah. And uh, he didn't know you couldn't do that. But I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to go jump in, in the stands. You so, know, oh, go ahead. Whoop. We need like lights in here so I can like hit a light switch so I can like tell you I'm chiming in for a second. (laughs) Let's see if we can make that happen. But how do you keep that kind of thing from happening? Is it is it all in the personality of these kids or is it something you teach them like, hey, keep your egos in check or you'll you'll get a penalty? Everybody's wired a little differently. I mean, some people. The, you know, when things don't go well or they lose, their tempers are, are um, more apparent than other people. I mean, um, I think we, we all know there's a guy from the other side over there that has a really hard time keeping that in check hmm. to the point that it, it, it can become destructive to you and even your team. And so, you know, you have to manage that, uh, you know, with that individual, uh, really kind of on an individual basis because everybody's wired differently. Um I think there's always a, that everybody might have that one or two guys in their team that that um, you know could lose the team a team point I guess but it's just funny when it's emotional on the other side that um, um, you know I've always said I thought the rule should be a little bit that you should be able to throw your headgear if you win and and not if you lose because when you if you throw your headgear and you win you're happy and so it's a celebration <laughs> but I guess it's kind of like you know scoring a touchdown and celebrating exactly. too much you get a penalty for it so um, it's probably a good rule and. Like that's a good question though. Everybody's a little bit different, but you know, it's to the point where the rules are, if, if you step over the line, um, and, and are such a problem with your conduct and your temper that your whole team, your team gets all their point in a tournament situation. You get stripped of all the points that individual, uh, accumulated all the way through the tournament. They take them all away. That's right. And that's a big deal when you get to the championships, your, your conference championships and your national championships. So you better have them under control. Lead by example. Coach, I noticed, and we'll talk about David Carr in a minute. We had Nate on last week, Nate Sr. Um, but, you know, you were the first out there at the end of the match. You were the first out with your hand outstretched for a handshake. And I don't know if did, did Terry slap your hand? Did he just breeze by you or what? But I was on the re- receiving end of several pokes to my chest on a couple different occasions by Terry Brands. 
Okay. Now, I don't know if his team thought he might be in good trouble. Good pokes or bad pokes? Oh, they're never good pokes. <laughs> okay, because he accuses you of doing something wrong from his viewpoint, which, you know, God bless him for having a viewpoint, but at the same time, that means he's always right. But, um, you know, once he got in there, it seemed like his team thought he might be in trouble, and therein lies the, I think, the gist of the dust-up. Sure, it's two great rivalries. Uh, one, I'm sure that uh, given the opportunity, the Hawkeyes perhaps would not even want to participate in. You remember what it was like at, at Virginia Tech? They didn't want to wrestle Virginia Tech. I don't think they want to wrestle Dresser. I think that's the truth of it. <laughs> I really do. But did he breeze by you or did he slap your hand? You know, a lot of stuff happened fast there, you know, and again, I'm going to just uh, hold my <laughs> tongue in terms of difference in sportsmanship, um, you know, and, and just in how you um, uh, act uh, in, in a sportsmanship right. manner. Like I said, I, I, we'll, we'll do things our way. They can, they've obviously chose to handle sportsmanship a different way than That's we right. do. So I'll just leave it at that. And and listen, you Hawkeye fans, uh, you come at me. That's okay. That's okay. I don't necessarily appreciate the attitude. I understand what it takes to win. You can do it with class and the Cyclones have David Carr. And if you want to see the epitome of class, watch David Carr wrestle, watch how he prepares, watch how he stretched his current match winning streak to 40 by defeating number nine, Caleb Young, six, two. And quite frankly, that score could have been even a, you know, a, a much bigger difference between uh, the winner and the loser, but absolutely. David Carr is on track to being one of the absolute best. The, um, the Cyclones have ever put on a mat. Agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely. David's, uh, you know, his wrestling continues to improve. He's such a student. Nobody's got, his goals are so high, um, and he's really goal oriented. I mean, he goes to work every day to try to reach those goals, and it's it's very very focused. He's a very focused kid, and he's a, just a great kid. He's a great sport. I know if you know if you follow the video camera after the dual meet, you know David found a lot of uh, their guys to shake hands with, and um, that's just the way he is. Yep. Um, and he's as competitive as the day is long, and that's okay. I I, I like that, but at the end of the day. I just think that uh, you, you you compete hard and you shake hands and right. and I congratulate you know they had some great efforts by some of their guys. Uh, Marinelli really looked good. Ironman really looked good. Cassiope really looked good. So congratulations to those guys. They really um, you know they're fun guys to watch. I love seeing some of the posts out there and many of the news groups saying, you know, Ironman's like twenty nine years old now or something stupid because of these COVID years. You know the bonuses and whatnot, but I, I, I get a kick out of it. I know he's not that old, but I want to talk to you uh, particularly about freshman, uh, Turakina. Okay. And is it Kyson or Keeson? Kyson. Kyson Turakina. Um, he's got a strong start to the season, but he improved on that over the Iowa freshman, Jesse Wibara. Uh, and I, and I believe that, um, this Hawaiian, okay. Uh, yep. is, it's another great Hawaiian for Iowa state. Uh, is that one of your favorite recruiting trips each year is to Hawaii? Uh, you know what? It's funny. I haven't, <laughs> I've never been there to recruit. We've just kind of had a little bit of a pipeline. When we got here, we had a kid named Dane Pistano, who mm-hmm. was a Hawaiian kid that we inherited and was a good kid. And so, um, we had some Hawaii, Iowa state connections over there. And so when first off Corey Kabanban, um, was a kid that, 
really kind of found us. And uh, so we gave him a shot. He's done a really good job for us this year. Uh, happens to be at the same weight as Kyson. They wrestled twice already. And then Kyson was, both these guys were four-timers, but being from Hawaii, they're a little bit under the radar. I did see Kyson wrestle his junior year of high school in the finals of a big national meet in Virginia Beach. And this has probably been three and a half years ago now. And so he really caught my eye just in terms of how athletic he was and how quick he was. And so I think everybody got a little dose of that on Sunday just to see how athletic and quick he is. And he's really picking, you know, really getting good at wrestling. He's um, starting to grow up and figure out the little things. Um, but, you know, I'm excited. The upside of this guy is, is phenomenal. And so, we, you know, sometimes you find those guys on, out in the middle of nowhere that, that maybe got by a lot of people. Mm, and I, I'm surely glad that he's there. You know, I love pronouncing the names of the towns that these guys are or the islands that they're from, but like Waialuku, Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, it's an announcer's dream job. Unlike the Eastern Bloc countries of, of Europe, you know, those are some tough names to pronounce. But uh, yeah, neat kid, great performance, and I can't wait to see him. Um, is the starting lineup for next Sunday pretty well established in your mind? We've got about 30 seconds left. Yeah, I think we we have an idea. He's going to have a really good opponent. Um, the the Schroeder kid from Penn or from Purdue's a top ten, top twelve kid. And Kyson's kind of hanging around, you know, right now in the top fifteen, top twenty. So uh, it'll be a good matchup. I mean, you'll see two. You know, I think when the rankings come out, probably two top fifteen kids going at it. So that'd be a really good test to see where he's at right now because Schroeder's tough. Mm. And as early as we are in the season, we're starting to see things that we like and things that we want to help these athletes. Uh, get better at. Uh, I don't think they're in any better hands than with you, Metcalf, et cetera. The, I mean, this is for us. This is heaven for us. And I appreciate your taking the time to talk to us when we do call and ask. Uh, I'd like to be able to do it on a regular basis with you, but I know you're busy doing your job too. But thank you for sharing with us. I'll talk to you next week about Sunday the 19th and Humboldt against Purdue, a classic matchup between the Big Ten and the Big 12. Love it, Coach. Thank you. Yep, thanks for your time. There we go. Kevin Dresser, one of the classiest guys in our sport, has proved out again and again and again. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with Mike Doty. We're going to get a medical update after the surgery, the hip surgery, replacement surgery of Coach Gable. Okay? And then we're going to talk to us, uh, we'll talk to Mike about the uh, impact 72 for 72, an event that he largely thought of. Okay, Mike Doty did. And the museum, Coach Jimmy Miller up there, Millboy said, yeah, let's do that. And man, what a successful event. We'll be back to tell you more after the short timeout. Stay tuned. It's USA Takedown on ESPN. Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown. One of the greatest piano hooks ever paints a picture now the eagles as we uh, welcome you back to the show about 40 minutes of the program remain and we're going to fill each and every moment with some of the best of the best and our next guest is no different he is largely regarded as one of the great uh, ambassadors for our sport uh dear if not best friend of the legendary dan gable but uh, somebody i respect uh, so much. And I know those of you that know Mike Doughty agree with me. He is a champion. He wrestled for Iowa. 
A lot of people may not know that. But you know what? I do. And he's thankfully my friend, Mike Doughty. Mike, how are you? Scott, I'm uh, doing very well. And uh, for all those Cyclone friends and uh, fans out there, I did wrestle my freshman year at Iowa State. And and like Gable, uh, you left Iowa State and went to Iowa. Yeah, well, rather than like, I like to use the word because. <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I grew up in southeast Iowa, a huge Iowa fan. Mm-hmm. And my friends wondered how I got to Iowa State. And I said, as big a Hawkeye fan as I am, I'm a bigger Dan Gable fan. And I want to go to where Dan Gable's at. And he was a graduate assistant at Iowa State my freshman year. And so uh, that was really the first time I got to know him, uh, got to be around him. And, um, you know, it was um, – uh, you couldn't write a better script of, of, right. of walking into the wrestling room of your, your boyhood hero. I got it. And sometimes I call you a coach. You know that. I mean, that's what right. I think of you. You are a coach yes. to our sport, period. Um, and one of those – legends in our sport and this is where the legends live was mark ryland i want to give you an opportunity to speak about mark because quite frankly this has been a very big shock to our sport and the people in it the fans know of him and those that knew him loved him talk to us about ryland i mean mark uh, and, and my thoughts and prayers go out to to, to marv and marlis uh to michelle to to uh, mark's family um Mark was an incredible individual. He was a great athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was um, like Coach Gable. He he went beyond. And like his father, he took his wrestling expertise on and passed it on to future generations. And, and um, because of his love of the sport, uh, his, his uh, commitment to uh, to youth, he, uh, he helped um, Iowa City West become a um, – a, a wrestling powerhouse. Um, he had uh, several uh, traditional and, and team state championships, had several state champions. And what a lot of people don't know about Mark was he's the number two guy at USA Wrestling uh, right behind Bruce Baumgartner. That's right. And, and probably, probably uh, going to um, uh, follow in, in uh, Bruce's footsteps uh, once uh, Bruce stepped down as president of USA Wrestling. So Mark was very involved in wrestling at, at all levels. But most important, he was involved for a long, long time in, in, in developing young men into uh, very good wrestlers and, and great human beings. There it is. Great yeah. human yeah. beings. And that takes us to our conversation about an idea you had. And this may have been two years ago, but 72 yeah, yeah. for 72. Talk to us about the formation. Notice the use of the word formation of the idea. But then watching it take place, seeing all the, re, uh, the the respect from the peers that showed up to salute Dan's effort in 1972 at the Olympic Games, but also the 72 years Dan has been with us. Talk to us about that. Well, I, you know, I have, as you know, Scott, I've spent the last several years, um, you know, really, really trying to um, uh, not not that Coach Gable's legacy needs to be codified, needs to be solidified but to make sure it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's why, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I went to university with a, a uh, strategy to put a statue of Coach Gable on the, um, on, on the uh, uh, property, you know, uh, you know, in front of Carver Hawkeye and, and, and uh, you know, even, even, you know, pick the image and those types of things. But, um, uh, you know, as Coach Gable teaches us, you know, what are you going to do next? 
you know, and so, so then a couple of years ago, uh, his son-in-law, Danny Olsa, came to me with the idea of, of uh, working to get Coach Gable the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Mm-hmm. Loved the idea, went to work on that. So, so we accomplished that. And so we were sitting around in the, in the museum brainstorming, and, and we have been, you know, we were hit really hard with COVID. I mean, uh, in, in 2020, 100% of, of the events we had to raise money were canceled. Wow. And, 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 uh, you know, we are, a, we are a small 501c3. Uh, we, we depend and rely on the benevolence of people that believe in our mission and our programming. And so we're, you know, so we're just sitting around, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I just happened to mention, I said to, to uh, Jim and Becca, you know, Coach Gable's going to be 72 this year. And I go, and you know, it's pretty cool. He, he won his Olympics in, in, in uh, 1972. And so this 72-72 just started formulating in my mind. And, and I said, let's have an, a, an event. Let's be right up front. Tell them it's fun, a fundraising event, but it's going to be, we're going to call it Gable. 7272 mm-hmm. and we're going to honor coach Gable's 72nd birthday and we're going to honor his uh, and we're, we're going to uh, recognize his uh, 72 uh, Olympic championship and so much more well um, the calendar worked out perfect the 25th of October coach Gable's 72nd birthday was on a Sunday Iowa had a, a bye week that week. Iowa State had a bye week that week. You know, and I was out of town, so we thought, boy, the stars have all come together. And so we started planning it. And then, uh, as you know, 2020, um, you know, uh, COVID, uh, COVID shut us down. And, and um, you know, one of the things Coach Gable teaches you is you, you never give up on, on, on your vision, whatever. And so, you know, we, we always had that out in front of us and thought, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And then we just happened to look at the calendar and saw that October 24th, the very last day that Coach Gable was going to be 72, was also on a Sunday <laughs> and had the same had the same calendar clearances. <laughs> and so I just looked, you know, I looked over Jimmy and go, you know, back and said, "This is meant to be." And so, so it was Gable 72, 72, and we did get some pushback. Um, uh, Dan Foster loved the guy. He was uh, a, a Coach Gable's uh, uh, trainer for the wrestling team for years and years and years. He shot me a text right away and said, "Hey, um, you, you know, you you missed the mark, Mike. Um, Coach Gable was 72 on the uh, 25th last year." And I just shot him back. I said, "Yeah, Dan, that's true. But we're doing it on the last day. He's 72. So now, in a in a in addition to celebrating his 72nd birthday, we get in uh, usher in his 73rd." So we, we, we got after, and so then I went to uh, Governor uh, Reynolds and um, and got her to declare uh, October 25th Dan D- Gable Day in the state of Iowa. So we were able to roll right from our Gable 72-72 into Dan Gable Day uh, in Iowa on the 25th. I love so that. So it was just a, a great, great, uh, great, uh, great um uh, it, it just it was a great event. Yeah. Keep us in mind uh, next time there's a major event. And we can come up, do the radio show live there one Friday morning. Make sure we have plenty of guests, of course. Not that you and I yeah. couldn't do three or four hours on our own, but uh, we want to involve as many people as possible to yeah. show that, you know, this is why Mike Gundy, right, Oklahoma State football coach, yeah. loves wrestlers. Wrestlers give, give back. Ex- ex- they, well, I mean, what's it say? It says uh, preserve, recognize, inspire. 
That's it. Okay. That, that, that's correct. And and preserve, recognize, and, and inspire is you, is Gable, is everybody in this sport that I respect, okay? Uh, Leroy Smith, for example. Yeah. The, the recent honors that he's he's deserved these things for years. He doesn't seek them out, but perhaps those are the ones that we wish to award the most. Now, let's turn the page. Medicine has progressed to a point where a hip replacement is not as bad as it once used to be. As a matter of fact, it's quite easy for the recipient in terms of recovery, but it was also a big decision for the coach. Coach Gable had his hip replaced. Talk to us a bit about where he's at in, in his recovery and getting back to normal. I will do that, but I'm going to digress for one moment. You will appreciate this, Scott, because you know Coach Gable so well, mm-hmm. as do as many. But, I mean, we, we, we had this, the Gable 72, 72, to put it, in, in, in a, a one sentence, Leroy Smith, the next day, looked at me and he said, what you guys did in Waterloo was historic. Yep. That's how impactful it was to Leroy Smith. But let me tell you how impactful it was to Coach Gable. He walked by, he shook our hands, he, 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 and sincerely, sincerely looked us in the eye and said, this was a great event. Mm-hmm. You guys did a good job. Mm-hmm. That's high praise. 2.30 in the morning, my phone went off, and, and, and I, I looked at my text. I hadn't gone to bed yet. I was still you know, kind of wired in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the hotel. But my, my phone pings, and I reach it over. It, it's a text from Dan Gable. Yeah. It's, it says, great job, Dodie, dot, 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 what's next? What's next? There it is. Talk about, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I that's the question. If we all, if we yeah. all live by those watchwords, mm-hmm. what's next? What are we doing to improve our condition? What are we doing to help our sport become even better than that, which we experienced. That's the challenge. And he knows yeah. that. Yep. We're yeah, yeah, it, it, it's great. What's next? What's next? And, and so, you know what, we're, we're working on that, but not, not, not uh, to go back to your question, uh, not, not, not to correct you, but coach Gable has had four hips. He's had his hips replaced twice, but this latest surgery two weeks ago was a new knee. It's his first ever knee. I thought it was and, a hip. No, no, it was a knee. It was a knee. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, but he is doing great. He is uh, weeks ahead of schedule. And, and you know, for, um, for 50 years, he's had all of his uh, surgeries at the University of, of Iowa met, uh, hospitals and clinics. And they've done a great job. They've taken very good care of him. Um, but uh, uh, he, um, you know, we had some conversations and, uh, about he needs to get this knee replaced. And, Dan, you know, Dan... Uh, you know, not not to violate HIPAA, but uh, <laughs> Dan's had so, Dan's had so many surgeries that he, he you know, that the um, anesthesia and those things can be a challenge. You bet. And and um, I have a brother uh, that just had his knee replaced a month ago, and, and he's doing unbelievable. And so I videotaped him after about, or he sent me a videotape of him after about a week, uh, walking without a cane, yeah. walking without uh, a walker, and I showed that to Coach Gable. And I said, you know, coach, you want to talk to Tom? Go ahead. And so he called my brother, and, and I said, but you know, I, I said, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not saying you should have Mark Mensnick replace your knee, but I think you should go have a consult with him. This and is and, uh, and so, so Coach Gable went out and, and saw Mark, sat down with him. You know, Mark listened to his concerns. He brought in all these other people uh, to, to address the, the, the non-orthopedic concerns, mm-hmm. and they put a team together and. Um, and Coach Gable is weeks ahead. Uh, I'm going to pick him up here in about an hour, 
And we were in Des Moines for, uh, for half a day Wednesday, and we're on our way to Davenport, um, you know, less than two weeks after surgery. We're heading to Davenport Love it. Uh, for an event, and he's just doing very, very well. And he got along so much better with, with, uh, with this surgery. And, um, and I think it's really cool because Mark wrestled for uh, Gary Kirtlemeyer and Coach Gable as an assistant right. and Jay Robinson as assistant in 1975 on that first national championship team. Hmm. And, and so here he is, you know, um, 46 years later, uh, you know, whacking into Coach Gable's knee. So um, uh, I thought maybe Mark would get a little payback from those tough practices, but he didn't He didn't hold against Coach. I, uh, and well, how can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I, I just did. And, and Mark is an unbelievable guy. Yeah. He he uh, he is a um, a recipient of the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Wow! And um and he's just a, a just un, unbelievable uh, doctor and human being. Uh, we are fortunate. We're talking with Mike yeah. Doty, by the way. Uh, if there was a bigger fan of the sport, I challenge you to find him. Uh, he is making this his cause du jour. The people at Han, by the way, office furnishings, furniture, etc. Those folks were lucky to have you. Uh, I can only tell you that uh, Mike Doty is one of the best at whatever he wants to do, and he leads by example. If he thinks people think ah, that can't be done, Mike goes, "Well, we'll find a way to make sure it gets done." That's what Leroy Smith loves about you. That's what Millboy loves about you. You're all in always, and I love that. Well, and, and you know, Scott, that's what our sport teaches us. You know, like I just said, you know, Coach Gable sent me that text at 2, 3 in the morning, what's next? I live every day by, by uh, Millboy, Jim, Jim Miller's. Uh, and if you haven't read Jim Miller's book, uh, do it anyway. It's, it's, it's a great, easy, it, it's a, a good read, uh, a great read. But, but I live my life that way, too. You know, the obstacles in front of you are irrelevant. If something needs to be done, you do it anyway. I mean, that's the way Coach Gable, that's being Gable trained, that's being Miller trained, that's being living a wrestling mindset. What's next? Do it anyway. You know, one of the things that we are challenged with every single day is reinventing ourselves, and it starts with the first eye open, the first breath of the morning, the first cup of coffee. What can we do better today? Who can we help? Who can we raise up? We had on, uh, in the first hour, we had a father and a son uh, over from the Quad Cities, uh, coincidentally. And this young man suffers from the Wiedemann-Steiner syndrome, and he is coached at the Young Guns uh, Club and doing quite well. His name is Emmett Fobert. This young eight-year-old okay. is Emmett Fobert. And if I'd known you were scheduled to go over there, I would have said, hey, you you got you to gotta go over and meet Coach Gable, but that's up to you guys. If you have the time, I can get you his name and phone number, his dad's name and phone number, and uh, maybe that would be an inspiration to a young man that has been so genuinely challenged in his life. He should not even be here with us now. It is such a rare genetic disorder, but that's the kind of thing Gable does. He doesn't look at the disorder. He looks at the human being. That's the process. That's what makes him a winner. That's why the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Waterloo has the Dan Gable moniker in front of it because he is the level best of the best. I want to ask you a question about Mike Allen. Okay. Uh, Mike Allen, and you well know Mike Allen, uh, one of the greatest yeah, officials, right. one of the greatest educators our uh, sport has ever enjoyed. And he is a great friend, I think, to most of us, if not all of us. But he was able to rise above it all make a determined call on the mat. 
didn't matter where he was, what event it was, individual dual meet, doesn't matter. But he was able to rise above it all. And he said it was never about right or wrong. It's just about enforcing the rules. And that's something that I watched Gable and Alan have conversations, but Gable always walked away, perhaps shaking his head. But at the end, going back and watching film, Mike was usually right. The bigger man in this in this case was Dan Gable because he never let Mike down in terms of their estimation for each other. In other words, he appreciated the job that Mike Allen did. Would you agree with this? Well, a- absolutely. And, and, you know, Mike Mike is a, a member of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, uh, as an outstanding official. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, so Mike, Mike is, he's, he's a, um, and he's done a lot um, to, um, I don't want to say educate, but, but to improve and, and enhance, uh, a, uh, you know, officiating. You know, bringing bringing uh, uh, bringing younger officials on. No, I, Mike Mike's an outstanding individual, and and um, you know he uh, he he was a, he was about making the, the 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 right call based on on what the the, the rules. Right. You know. That's I it. mean it. it yeah. And, and you know, it, it just as a little side note with Coach Gable, uh, I'm sure you know this, but a lot of people don't realize. You know that that image that we picked for Coach Gable's statue, he's actually. He's got his hands out, and, and, and he's calling out stalling. Mm-hmm. Not on. And go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say. So he's calling out <laughs> stalling. He's yelling at the. But in that match, yeah. he was yelling at the official that he's yelling. That's stalling. That's stalling. The official backed up close to the Iowa corner and said, "Coach Gable, it's the Iowa guy that's stalling." And Coach Gable <laughs> goes, "I know, and you need to call him." <laughs> Coach, we are up, we're up against the clock. I got to tell you, I could have you on for hours and hours and hours because the stories you tell and the stories you haven't told on this show are myriad, and I appreciate that. Mike Doty, we love you, brother. Let us know if you guys have time. I'd like to put you in touch with this uh, little guy over in the Quad Cities. They could come wherever you are. I'm sure they would look at that as a great opportunity. You, you know, Scott, thank you very much. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, you know, just enjoy your family. Mark. Ryland reminds us that we, we you know, uh, his legacy will live on, but he reminds us that, that we need to live each day to our fullest potential. Amen. And we need to wake up the next day and, 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 and find that vigor to, to move the, wa- the watermark up the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Gable teaches you. That's what Jim Miller teaches you. And, and that's just the way it goes. So, Rest in peace, uh, Mark Ryland. You will be um, remembered. Uh, your your legacy will um, will carry on through 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 all of our great memories. Scott, thank you. Uh, give me the information offline, and and we'll see what we can do. I'll give you a shout. Thank you, Mike. God bless you. Yeah. Hey. God bless you. Thank you. Thank see you, buddy. Bye. There we go. All right, Wade Chalice waiting in the wings. He's going to talk to us a bit about but the PIAA sanctions of not just the Bassets, but the Bassets and all of their friends. The impact it's going to have there in state, long-lasting for sure, but it will have an impact on the national scene as well. Join us as Chalice joins us in the next segment. This is USA Takedown. It's where the legends live. Stay tuned. More after this. You know you like it. Have no fear. The True American will be right back with more USA Takedown.
All right, welcome back to the show. We're playing the music of the of Journey and the, the Eagles. I almost said the Journey. Well, in many ways, the sport is about the journey, right? All right. Some of us will be able to complete that journey in junior high, high school, college, international. Our next guest has done all of that and more, and he continues to make a difference in our sport. He is Wade Shalas. Good morning, Wade. How are you? Wade, are you there? Whoops. There you I'm are. Sorry. Good morning. I had to unmute. <laughs> well, a lot of people do that. I can describe two people in my life that probably have had me on mute since the very beginning. Anyway, hey, um, I got to ask you, um, and, and as much as you were the beneficiary of a great education, great college experience, uh, and great experience in general in Pennsylvania, okay, when, when you lived there and were schooled there, um, I guess, and I think you're probably as disappointed as I am of the PIAA, and the sanctions they posed. Matter of fact, they doubled down on the sanctions uh, against not just the Bassets, but those athletes they were looking to coach. Talk to us a bit about this, because the sport of amateur wrestling in so many ways uh, has been a harbinger of good things. This, to me, is a bad thing. When you restrict a kid's access to the mat to compete, to complete, uh, you know, that formation of his degree or his interest uh i would believe it's it's disastrous really and it, i think it has long reaching uh, uh and, and i hesitate to say it but destructive nature uh for the future as well from those not just those kids but the kids that they could have wrestled in the programs that are being affected by this talk to us about this terrible decision of the piaa well, you know, obviously, it, it, I don't know if it's a terrible decision, but it's far-reaching, and it's very, very sad for the athletes who are involved. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a complex issue in Pennsylvania. You know, you have your major sports in any state, you know, your football and basketball. Then you have your next level of non-revenue sports. And in Pennsylvania, the... Uh, interest in the sport of wrestling is almost up there with football and basketball. It's That's not, right. but it, it, it's, it's close. probably the highest of the non-revenue sports in the state of Pennsylvania. And, you know, nationally, it, it has far-reaching ramifications of what happened uh, due to the fact that, you know, Pennsylvania produces more All-Americans every year at the NCAA level, you know, and, and wins the NCAA championships if you would rate the states against one another every year, every year. Uh, so it's you know, what, anything happens in Pennsylvania wrestling, you know, gets people's attention. I think now, what they're doing, they're, I think they're trying to relive the Shallows era. Well, yeah, thank you very much. But uh, <laughs> now, now I, now I personally have won the Monk of the Month award on multiple occasions for being <laughs> straight down the road, never veered from, you know, from the good side or from the bad side. I was always on the good side. Never, you know, yeah, right. My 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 coach cut. Bob, Bob probably just passed out from hearing that. But, uh, uh, no, it, it, it's a serious conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to kind of go into a little bit more for your for your listeners as well, to sure. what happened, the, as, the, you know, the actual happening? Do you want to do it? Do you want me to? You do it, and okay. I'll, I'll comment on it. I'll All right, tell so you why you're sim- wrong. No. Simply, and we'll recap it, the Pennsylvania Inter- Interscholastic Board of Appeals listened last Wednesday to the case of, of Bishop McCourt, on penalties levied by District 6 on its athletic programs. Not just wrestling, but athletic programs. 
The group decided after approximately 34 minutes of deliberation to sustain those penalties with amendments. The PIAA announced a postseason ban for Bishop McCourt wrestlers for the 2022 and 23 postseasons and a two-year suspension for Coach Bill Bassett from coaching at any PIAA member institution. Bishop McCourt's athletics program was also placed on probation for three years. Now, PIAA Executive Director Robert Lombardi was not on the appeals board, but said the committee heard testimony for two hours and had a slew of materials to review. I think what they perhaps forgot is that the director of Bishop McCourt did his job in determining that these kids that wanted to transfer, that motivated the transfer, it was not all athletics. In fact, it was, in many instances, a search for a better academic uh, experience. And 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 Bishop McCourt Council Gary Vitko made the school's opening argument, claiming that the district's claims that Bassett and Bishop McCourt recruited athletes were merely nothing but a fishing expedition. Okay, and this this is where we jump on. You get a group of guys or people in a room making the decisions that are far-reaching in their implications, not just for those individuals, whether it's 10, 20, 80, I don't care, but it has far-reaching implications as to whether or not I want my kid to be involved in something where they're going to be potentially penalized that will affect their very ability to go to school, to be recognized and recruited by the schools of their choice. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I have quite a few, really. Uh, Robert Lombardi is not a fan of wrestling. Right. He he's a fan of football and basketball because that's what pays the bills, and you know that's the you know the political landscape in Pennsylvania, as it is in almost any state, if not every state in America. What this comes down to, and there's so many things in here. I can go on. I can name you know five high schools right off the top of my head that have been doing the same thing in football and basketball for years. Right. But not a word. Huh. Now. Now, the issue comes down to it's getting worse in Pennsylvania, as I'm sure it is in multiple states, you know, of kids going, you know, leaving one school and going to another for athletic reasons. Now, they always go saying, knowing what they know what the rules are. They're saying that, well, we just make this, we just made the change for academics. Well, uh, yeah, okay, got it. You know, that you have to say that. Now, whether that's true or not is another thing. I happen to think in 98% of the time it's not the case that they did in, cha- it did in fact transfer for athletics. Okay. Well, question you might have to ask yourself is, is wrestling or football or basketball or track and field, is that academics? I think it is. When you talk about, you know, the, the, the YMCA, the internal triangle in the YMCA, it stands for body, mind, and spirit. And the, the, that's what makes a person his spiritual beliefs, his physical capabilities, and his intellectual development, Mm -hmm. body, mind, spirit. So when you transfer, and one of the reasons may be wrestling, are you not trying to improve, you know, on the body side? Which, if you have a cold and you go to class, you don't learn that particular day in school because you feel miserable. When you have a healthy body, your academics go up. When you have an unhealthy body, it goes down. So I believe that the three are interwound, and you cannot separate one or the other. Now, the PIAA has determined that you can, in fact, separate athletics from academics. I think they're one and the same. The things that we talk about in wrestling that people learn, you know, that, that carry on into life, if you talk to the 
dozens, hundreds of CEOs that we have from wrestling that are now out in society doing extremely well who talk about endlessly their successes in wrestling and what the sport has taught them, which he, they carry over into life, into business, is amazing. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of things that you can learn from track and field, from getting knocked down and having to get up one more time when you don't want to get up. And some coach goes over and kicks you in the pants and says, hey, get over it, it happened, move on. And you have to get up. Life every day kicks you in the teeth. Yep. You've got to get up and keep moving. What teaches you better than athletics that? I mean, if you fail an English exam, you don't go home and cry in your suit for three days. You know, you get your, you get your ass handed to you in wrestling, you know, on a Friday night. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday is not really a good two days for you. I mean, it, it sends home a message that you have to learn how to deal with. So it, it is an academic aspect, but we can get down that road, and, and the PIA will tell you otherwise that they have rules and their rules are in place. Now, whether you like them or don't like well, them, they do. And, and here's, here's my argument for the Bassets, ready? We're talking about a year or two where pandemic has affected the ability for these athletes to get out there and get after it. When Christian schools like uh, Bishop McCourt, for example, were offering still an opportunity to practice, to get better, and do things safely. As a matter of fact, at question was the conduct of Coach Bassett, Bill Bassett, the father of uh, perhaps one of the greatest wrestlers in our country today. That's Bo. But, uh, you know, there's a video of an athlete training at the compound, a facility run by Bassett in the basement of his home prior to his transfer to Bishop McCourt. The Peel's process also showed that Bassett had contact with other wrestlers prior to their arrivals at the school. That's not uncommon. I, how many coaches do I talk to? Is that a violation? I mean, any parent can talk to any coach out there. Are we being, are we being too restrictive coming off this pandemic or even being in the middle of it, as it were? Well, you could, you could, you could make that point. That's a good point. Um, but you know, the PIAA or state high school associations, wherever they happen to be, have to write rules down for, so they can control something. If you say, you know, that Bassett would be allowed to talk to anybody, or if a young man wanted to have a workout some night, you know, do better to improve himself and shows up at his facility. You know, and then if he goes on to go to Bishop McCourt in this example, then that's illegal recruiting. They have to draw the line somewhere. Now, you know, if they say you're allowed to do all of that, then they have, then their rules, whatever rules they make, have no have no teeth to them because no matter what, you can always end run the rules, and that's what we've been doing in wrestling. Football's been doing, all the sports have been doing forever. And there's just some line, imaginary line, placed somewhere. And this is where you know my conversation today will come back to. It's the parents' fault. Mm. If if the parents are driving the car, yep. and they get into an accident, and their son is forever injured, mm-hmm. you know, it's still the parents' fault. He was driving the car. He he was going too fast. He didn't see the stop sign. He was impaired somehow. You know, uh, so you know, is it fair that the young man, you know, got hurt because of dad? Well, that's not right here in this situation. Well, it is when he's driving the car. It is in, in every other instance that we're trying to teach him how to how to use a gun to go hunting, and you don't go a good job. You know, then you have a, 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 a unpleasant situation. He didn't check to see if the chambers were empty. You know, well, when he was playing with a gun. I want to. I want to. I, I do want to point out that the Bishop McCourt principal, Tommy Smith. Okay, 
assessed every new transfer personally and stamped his confirmation that these were academically motivated moves or requests for transfer. Okay. And as the principal, he sat there and listened to the parents and said, it is it academic. The parents as one said, yes, it was, but yet the five member board of appeals came back after listening to the closing arguments and with the unanimous decision, you know, uh, awarded these sweeping penalties that will be enforced and change the landscape of Pennsylvania wrestling for at least the next two seasons, if not for the next 10 years or so. So in closing, the Bishop McCourt thing has really got me riled. You have individuals making decisions about a sport and the people in it that don't appreciate. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, about, um, uh, I'm trying to remember his name now. You brought his name up that he was not a wrestling fan. He's not a wrestling person. Robert Lombardi. There we go. Lombardi. Anyway, so I, I before, and I know we're running up against the clock here. Carol, what do we got? Three? You do the math. Okay. Coming up on two, two, two minutes. All right, so two minutes. Wade Chalice is a well-known author, highly respected blog writer, and uh, he makes a point in every single one of them. It's one of the reasons why his blog is the most read wrestling blog in the country, period. But he's also an outstanding author in writing a book called Jacob's Cradle. And Jacob Charles is the very topic, the world-class wrestler that Jacob Charles is. And Jacob's Cradle is the name of the book. But there's a follow-up to this book. And I invite you to check out wadechalice.com online because you can order both books, make great Christmas gifts. And the first book, Jacob's Cradle, the second book is entitled... Uh, Charlotte's Gaff, G-A-F-F. It's not out yet, though. When will I, that be uh, expected from the publishers? The first first of the year. First of the year. All right. So you still have time and get an autograph. You're you're still doing autograph books, right, Wade? Yes, I'll be glad to do that. And it's Amazon.com will be the best place to get it. They're, they're the ones that are selling it and, and doing a great job at the distribution. But check the, check out his blog at, at WadeShiles.com. Of course. It, it literally causes me pause. It gives me pause. And makes me think. And Wade, you're one of the smartest people I know. And uh, that says a lot because I know quite a few people. I mean, you are definitely one of the smartest people. I don't know what they taught you at Clarion or what Bob Budd was drilling into you. But, dude, you've been one of the most innovative people that we have in our sport. Well, and, you're very kind. Let uh, me read a, real quick a, 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 one of the reviews on, on Amazon for the book. Uh, I don't know this gentleman at all, but he said, being a David Baldocci and Camp Michael Connolly fan, I went into this reading with an unbecoming level of expectation. I was not disappointed, though, and forgot about my favorites after a couple of pages. Shame on me for not giving Wade a chance. I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> I can't wait for the upcoming sequel. Hand fighting, hand wringing, and wrestling. It's a triple threat. Wow. That's a heck of a review. When asked to write a cover comment on books, I often struggle with it because I read the book and I know the author. And uh, with you, I don't think I would, I don't think I'd have a problem endorsing anything you do. I'm a big well, fan. It, every every review, every review on Amazon.com is five star. Are we doing the uh, semifinals preview show this year in Detroit? I don't know. You tell me. I'll, I'll be there. I can't <laughs> wait to do it. Have less touch with those people. Anyway, God, God bless you, my friend. Happy holidays to you and yours. Wait, it's always fresh to hear your perspective each and every time you're on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Stay on. I want to talk to you for a second. All right. God bless. Hang on to that man if you would. 
Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with Kevin Dresser, Mike Doughty, Wade Chalice in this hour, and of course, saluting the late, great Mark Ryland. For all of us, for Kira Jones, I'm Scott Casper. You've been listening to the home of where the legends do live, and that is USA Takedown. We'll talk to you next week on ESPN.